Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by The Harrier. And before we get into things, make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. Really helps us know that you're enjoying the content and have loved the support so far. Uh, as you can tell with our intro, we do now have uh, a new partner with the with the track world news we have joined the harrier which is a clothing brand as well as a media company within the track and field space they have some awesome t-shirts hats stickers long sleeves all that type of stuff uh, as well as some really cool uh, content that are you know blogs article style things and, and now of course uh, we've added track world news to the um, to the selection and they got a lot of awesome stuff so if you always if you want some new content to, to follow make sure you go and follow them on instagram as well at uh i think it's the underscore harrier um so that's that's that and um yeah super glad to to be a part of the team uh with their their new podcast platform so i want to talk about this interesting news that we just recently saw take over the track and field and twitter world and it's the fact that DK Metcalf announces that he will be running at Mount Sac for the USATF Gold uh, Championship race, um, which is going to be happening this upcoming Sunday. He's going to be running the 100-meter dash at 4.30. It's going to be broadcasted, I believe, on NBCSN. And what are my thoughts on this? Well, I personally think this is going to be the biggest race in track and field this year outside of the Olympic finals. This is going to be the most watched race to date by far because it's having one of the biggest names in the entire NFL world, one of the fastest athletes in the NFL, going up against the fastest runners in the entire world. People that do this for a profession, it is there. He is going to be running up against them, and so there's going to be tons of fans from the NFL and fans of track and field that want to watch this happen. I want to watch this happen. So many people do. It's going to be extremely interesting to watch, and I, I'm not a fan of like the the track and field purists per se that are saying, oh, this is making a mockery of our sport and. It's, you know, it's bad for, for track and field. No, that's dumb. This is fantastic for track and field. Now, when I say this example, don't take it out of context, but this is similar to the, the Jake Paul uh, boxing fiasco. But it also, it's very different, where DK Metcalf is a professional athlete, proven athlete, who has proven to be fast, and he's, he's proven to run. He doesn't have a track and field background per se, but the thing is that he has a huge name and a huge following, and he's joining and participating in a sport that is, you know, it's not as big as DK's name. Like, DK Metcalf is bigger than anyone in the track and field world right now. Bar none, not even close. Uh, same with what Jake Paul was. It's, it's crazy to think, but yeah, his name was, is bigger than anyone in the boxing world right now. And so he's bringing more eyes to our sport that we need. And I think he's going to be even more competitive 
than Jake is because this guy's been running for his entire life. I mean, he's a wide receiver. It's his, his job is to be fast. And so I'm excited for it. Um, he, it's, I think it'll be a good race. Will he qualify for the Olympics? No, probably not. Will he drop a good time? Most likely. I mean, the Olympic trials, I mean, the auto uh, get in for the Olympic trials is a 10.05. And most likely to get in, not through the auto, but through rankings, he'd have to run around uh, a, a 10.15 or a 10.2. It's most likely what he's going to have to run under. And is it possible? I mean, I mean, he could. We have no barrier of knowledge on what he could do. We have no idea because no one's seen him run. So this is going to be a first for our sport, and it's something that I am super excited about because I think this is also opening up the door for other NFL players to participate in track and field events. Obviously, we all know Tyreek Hill is super fast. He had a he has a storied track and field background where he was actually one of the top 10 sprinters in the entire nation, I think even in the world at one time when he was like a uh, – high school senior so he has proven speed and I guarantee you he's gonna watch this race and say wow DK runs a 10-3 I can run a 10-1 right now I'm faster than him and then now we get even more uh, people watching our sport and so this is all happening at a very very good time because we're having this biggest race that I think outside of the Olympics happening this week and then next week we have track and field on ESPN during the weekends. And so we're going to have all those fans that just watched DK run a 100. They're going to be sitting down watching ESPN on Saturday the next weekend and be able to watch new athletes competing in this sport. I mean, could we even see DK Metcalf running in the American Track League? I hope so. I'm hoping that we could get something like that done. I'm sure Paul Doyle has the connections where he could reach out to a lot of these NFL guys that want to test their speed and, and see how fast they are. I mean, there's there's potential that this thing can grow. I think this is the very first pillar or the very first domino that could knock down all of the NFL players wanting to now test their speeds. They, they want to see how fast they really are on the world stage. And so this is something that I am super excited about. Do I think he's going to run a blistering time? No. But track and field and sports in general is about the story behind it. It's not all about the numbers. If you just look at the numbers and, and how fast someone is, then yeah, this race means nothing. He's not going to run any time that's going to be making any noise in the world stage or even on the national stage, but this sets up a precedent for more athletes to compete on our sport and more people to then watch. Because I bet you a lot of these people that are going to watch this race are going to be like, wow, track and field's pretty cool. Let's actually, you know, give it a, a shot and watch some more. So I'm hoping that our sport brings out the, the best announcers, we bring out the best graphics, we bring out the best of everything, put our best foot forward, because this is our shot to really start engaging an audience that does not engage with us currently. So I am hoping we take advantage of that, because if we don't, this might be our only shot. So fingers crossed that this goes well. And uh, yeah, this is something that is that is super exciting. This might sound a little weird in the in the podcast because this actually was announced and broke after I recorded. So if, if the transition's a little weird, you know why. But had to talk about this. This is something that I'm super excited for and can't wait to see on Sunday. You will definitely be hearing uh, my takeaways on this 
come next weekend or next episode on Tuesday when we break down his race, what happened, if it was impressive, if it wasn't impressive, and if we heard any any noise on who might be running in the future. So overall, great news for track and field. Looking forward to seeing what happens in the future. And so uh, now I want to hop into our stories. We have two major stories uh, that I want to cover as well as just my updates on the weekend. So um, there's a bunch of things going on in track and field. This was the very first weekend for a lot of the smaller conferences, conference championships. I know that things like the SEC and the ACC and and those larger conferences, um, they're probably going to be having or they will be having their championships later on in the year um but i know a lot of those smaller ones they they had theirs this weekend uh i think that the USTCCCA announced that it was like something like 60 conference championships were going on during this weekend so there's a whole lot um but did want to cover the the two great performances that that really st- stuck out to me um number one tara davis uh if you don't know her that's the biggest name in women's long jump especially but not only that the hurdles as well so this weekend she jumped 6.97 meters which is what 22 feet 10 and a half inches something like that and that now places her at having five jumps within the top 10 long jump distances of all time she has the record and then i think she has like three, four, five, then like seven, eight, nine, something like that. She, she's doing crazy. And and five, and five three of those jumps that she did were at this meet, the Texas, not the Texas Relays, but the, what was it, like the Texas Grand Prix or whatever, that this weekend. So she had three jumps this weekend that were all within the top 10 uh, long jumps of all time. So she's incredible. Um she also is a fantastic hurdler, as I mentioned. So she ran a her fastest wind legal PR of all time this year, uh, of all time. She ran a twelve seventy five. Her PR that she ran earlier this year was a twelve sixty one, but it was a two point six win. So just a little bit over the the legal limit there, um, and that was good enough for second best in the nation right now so she's a leading contender in both the the long jump and the hurdles uh, and not to mention that she also has a you know the great hurling teammate with uh chanel Brissett. so texas is is doing some great things and i i would say is one of the the sleeper picks to be winning this outdoor championship obviously uh there's arkansas texas a&m and texas and so i think that texas is built really well for the national championship stage where they have a lot of good athletes that are at that national level. Um, would they do well in a you know regular conference championship meet? Not, not conference championship, sorry. Would they do well in like a, a regular dual meet setting? Uh, maybe not as much, but at a, at a national level, I think that they're they're you know a team that could be doing really well. Um, you know, I mean LSU, Texas. Um, Arkansas, obviously, uh, as well as Texas A&M are going to be those four teams that are, that are really going to be vying for that, that championship on the women's side. And it'll be really exciting to see 
uh, how they do. So that, that should be cool. Uh, but yeah, Tara, uh, excited to see how she does in the professional level as well as the Olympic trials this year because she's shown that she can jump consistently very, very far. It's not like she's a one-trick pony. She hasn't just done this a few times. She's consistently around that seven-meter mark. And if you can do that, you can possibly ink yourself uh, a spot to Tokyo. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing how, how she's going to do with the remainder of her collegiate season and then how she's going to do post-collegiately and at the professional level. So very, very impressed with, with how she's been doing this year. Um, another performance that, that has been doing really well, uh, we mentioned it. Um, his performance, what was it, a week or two ago, um, Trayvon Bermel. So he now gets the, the world lead back uh, from Fred Curley, who ran the 100 not too long ago. Uh, he ran a nine, Trayvon Bermel ran a 9.88, uh, besting Curley's 9.91 by, what is that, 0. 0.03. So, so just a lean at the line, essentially, a new world lead. And this really spices things up because now the the top 10 runners in the world are all under 10 seconds. Now we all know there's no Usain Bolt this year. He's, he's no longer competing. Uh, Christian Coleman is not, uh, is not able to compete at the Olympics this year. And the top 10 and 10 list for, for the 2021 100s is not including like Noah Lyles. Cause he hasn't ran uh, a sub 10 yet. So there's, there's a lot of good talent that is still going to be, you know, in that mix. And it just shows you how competitive this 100 meters is going to be. I don't think there's anyone that you could say is a guarantee to win this 100 meter final. Like, there's no one that I would put any, any type of money on because it's so close. There, like I said, there's 10 athletes in between 9-9. 9.99 and now 9.88 that is like that everyone is so close and it's going to come down to who's really has the better race on the at the olympic finals time like there's no one that is clearly faster than other people where like in years past it was clear that Usain Bolt was faster than everyone else and everyone was kind of vying for second place this year it's not like that anymore like everyone is in that same range everyone is kind of vying for a spot and there are going to be some really talented athletes that are going to be left out of the final completely I mean like I mentioned there's now 10 people that are running sub 10 and I guarantee you there's going to be even more by the time this this Olympics, you know, comes around. So there's going to be some really talented people that uh, not only are going to be, you know, left out of the Olympic final. I mean, out of Team USA, there's going to be some some talented at runners that are going to be just left out of, off the Olympic team completely. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting uh, race. And, and Tra Trayvon Bermel, it, it's so great seeing that he's been doing well. Um, like we mentioned, it's been over seven years since he's really ran any meaningful times, meaningful races. Um, you know, just due to, uh, whether it be injuries, other setbacks, whatever it is. And so to see him running these times that he was running back, you know, seven, nearly seven years ago, is fantastic. He's great for the sport and, and excited to see how he does, you know, with the remainder uh, of the season and going into the Olympics. Uh, so next story, something that I am super excited uh, to announce. It was the fact that reinstate or hashtag reinstate 48. Uh, so the the fact, what was it about two months ago, the track and field 
or NCAA announced that they are going to reduce the Nationals field for the East and West prelims from 48 athletes per event down to 32 athletes per event. So what this did was remove the opportunity to compete in Nationals for like 1,500 athletes. It was a little bit more than that, but just for a round number, it was cutting out of 1,500 athletes' ability to compete in Nationals who thought they were able to this year. Uh, Many of these athletes had been waiting for this opportunity for two years, and it was just like, yep, nope, we're not going to do this. Uh, They cited COVID as a potential issue, but then they later announced that they were going to have fans at this meet. So people were like, wait a minute, you're going to cut the, you know, the field from 48 to 32, and then you're going to essentially allow the difference of those fans, you know, the difference of those athletes to be in the stands sitting, sitting around watching the meet. That makes no sense. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense at all. And so after a lot and a lot of just people criticizing and criticizing and and shouting reinstate 48 and weighing in their opinions we finally got the decision overruled and returned back to the 48 competitors uh the ncaa decision committee said and i quote after weighing all of the factors and acknowledging its primary desire to maximize opportunities for student athletes to experience postseason competition the competition Oversight Committee approved restoring the field at the 2021 East and West preliminary meets to 48 competitors per individual event. And so this is something that I'm super excited for. It gives a lot of people the opportunity to compete in nationals and, and selfishly it gives a lot of people that go to my alma mater the, the chance. I mean, one of my one of my close friends and training partners just this past weekend got a, a a number that probably will be able to send him over to nationals. And if he, if he didn't do this, uh, if, if it was a field of 32, probably wouldn't have the chance. But now that they reinstated the fact that it's going to be 48 people, he's now has that opportunity to compete in nationals. And I'm sure there are tons of stories that are just like this. And I'm sure that a lot of people are also going to be taking a look and seeing how many of those athletes that were ranked 33rd to 48 how many of those athletes actually move on to the next round because i guarantee you they're going to be some so i'm interesting to seeing who of those athletes make it um the argument that i heard from some people uh and especially in some prominent spaces saying like oh well i mean there's no point of even having those people that are in 33rd to 48 even being in the the meets like because they, they have no shot at winning a national title well it's like well yeah i mean okay but with that idea why don't we also just take out the 16th seed from playing in the march madness pool because there's no shot that they even win a game let alone they win a national title so let's just take them out you see it's stupid it's a dumb argument because it's not that's not the point the point isn't we're only letting people in that have a chance of winning a national title it's we're letting people in to compete at a national level that deserve it because they're the top of their sport. So when people say, oh, no, like you have to be able to be competitive to win a national title in order to be let in a national meet, it's just dumb. And, and they know it's dumb and they're making a stupid argument because then why would we let uh, 16 seeds, 15 seeds, 14 seeds in the, into the March Madness pool because they don't have a shot at doing it, at winning a title? 
because it's it's more than just having a shot at winning a national title in order to be allowed into a national championship event. So uh, excited to see how, how that works um, and and hopefully be able to to go. I'd love to I'd love to to be able to go to nationals for sure. Um, so fingers crossed that they they announce what it's going to look like with fans. Uh, next and our our final story of the day. Uh, another one that I'm excited about, the American Track League announced they are going to be returning for a summer circuit. Uh, if you heard from my interview with Paul Doyle, who is the founder of the American Track League, we had an interview, I think it was a few, it was like, what, like four weeks ago, about a month ago. Uh, he mentioned that, he, he kind of teased the idea that they were going to be announcing this, uh, you know, the American Track League you know, relatively soon, and it's finally here. And so um, there's a couple key differences from what it was this indoor season. So for outdoors, it's going to be 10 meets uh, starting in May 15th and ending August 18th. What is the same is the fact that it's going to be live on ESPN, which I think is huge and allows not only fans of the sport to be able to access, access it easily, but it also allows for a lot of fans that, do not follow track and field uh, to actually be able to get into the sport and, and access it easier and, and grow its viewership. It mentioned, Paul mentioned in his uh, a few interviews since then that their, the viewership increased by about 20%. And, and by the time they had the last of the four meets, they actually had more viewers than any NHL game during the time, which is, I mean, I, I work in the NHL. And so to hear that, is is crazy to think that more people were watching the American Track League than than you know every single NHL game during that month. It's it's wild. It's bonkers. I never thought I would even I would even say that. And so um, more things to to look at that they've also changed about the American Track League is that it's not going to be in Arkansas this year. They're actually going to be doing several meets across the country. Um, Cities include Los Angeles, Seattle, Memphis, Sacramento, Atlanta, Des Moines, Iowa, and and Nashville, Tennessee. So they're going to be all throughout those cities uh, during this year. Um, They've actually combined with the the Pro Track Series. Uh, If you remember, around the same time that the... American Track League announced that they were going to be doing an indoor series. You probably remember hearing about this pro track series that was doing something managed by uh, Jesse Williams of Sound Running. And so they've actually combined, which is why there's a few extra cities that probably were originally not on their radar, uh, like Des Moines, uh, I think in Nashville. Those were meets that were led by the this pro track series. And so they combined and so they they're adding a little you know a little twist to it and and I'm I'm super excited for this. Uh, one thing that they also added that that's a little bit different is now they're actually having prize money for these athletes because before it was really just like hey can you help you know bring exposure to our sport we're doing this on ESPN it was kind of like a, can you do this for, as a favor for track and field and if you remember there were some huge names that participated Trayvon Brumell, Allison Felix, um, Ryan Crouser, Sandy Morris. Uh, there, there's, there were some huge names, uh, Grant Holloway, like there were some really big name athletes that were competing in this. And so it was, it's awesome. It was awesome to have and, and great to see that it was successful. And so now they're actually having prize money. And not only that, they're also going to have a, a point system that encourages athletes to actually be able to compete in all 10 of these races. And because it's like a, a playoff system type thing where the more points that you have, the more wins that you get, uh, the more the more prize money you can win at the end. And so 
now you're going to have these athletes that are like, okay, well, let's actually compete a little bit more instead of just competing, you know, uh, every, every once in a while, like it's going to encourage more competition with these better athletes because it's going to, it's going to actually draw a, a, you know, a better, you know, seed because all these athletes are going to be like, dang, like I want a chance to actually win some, some money. And if they're American, they want to, you know, stay here in the U S instead of going and flying over and and doing a, a European tour. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited for it. Like, this is something that I, I mentioned several times in previous episodes that we don't get to see the best athletes competing against each other in a consistent basis. This is that. This is bringing the best athletes in the sport and making them compete against each other on a consistent basis. It's going to be a much smaller and easier competition to, you know, to watch. It's not going to be a two or three day event. It's going to be like a an hour and a half, two hour event. Uh, if it's, you know, what it was, you know, this, this indoor season. And I'm sure they're going to learn a lot of things that they could have done better in the past and, and attributing it to this season. And uh, I'm sure with a longer runway, because if you listen to our, our interview with Paul Doyle, he mentioned that they only had like two or three weeks to actually get sponsorships and, and really prepare for this thing. They clearly have, they've been, they've been in the talks of this for, for a longer period of time. They have the experience from indoors and they have a much longer runway, um, you know, for this meet. So um, tune in. What is it next? Not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after that, uh, May 15th will be the first meet in LA. I do not know about fans. I wish that there were some, uh, there were some allowed, but you know, with, with current status of the world, not surprised that, you know, it might be limited or, or there might not be any at all, but yeah. So really excited about that. Love to hear your guys' opinions on, on any of these things we discussed, uh, American track league returning 48 athletes being reinstated or, or some performances that you saw that were pretty interesting. So, um, that's going to be our episode. If you, uh, have any questions or anything like that, or you enjoyed, uh, make sure you reach out to us on Instagram. Uh, we have some more content there at track world news. Uh, and remember to, to shoot a follow, a like, subscribe to the channel. Really helps us know that you're enjoying things. Well, have a good one and peace.